Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Just over eight months into office, President Biden is drowning in crises and his approval rating is plunging. That's the headline over there at Fox News. Now, normally people would say, oh, it's just Fox News going after the Democrat president. Is there anybody who questions whether or not this is fact? Things are bad, man. And it, it has absolutely taken its toll on people. But one of the interesting things going on is what's happening on infrastructure. You know I've been talking about this often. You know that I work with Americans for Prosperity, americansforprosperity.org, about this. You you know, full disclosure, I, I, I say it freely that I work with them and happy to because they have been doing a very, very good job of explaining this. There's actually a bit of, of wow, there, there's something to look at here that's positive because the pushback on the infrastructure bill, the $3.5 trillion, has been very well done. Luckily for Republicans, it's been well done because there's been so much to just honestly and clearly discuss. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz, everything at TonyKatz.com. So let me let me take a couple of steps back here to see, uh, try and go over what's going on. The $3.5 trillion spending bill. Now, there's a couple of things happening with uh, Congress, and specifically, you can argue, with the Democratic Party. I guess. I mean, there's some things happening with the Republican Party, too. When we talk about the idea of a, of a, of a budget shutdown, or I should say a federal government shutdown, because of, of wanting to increase uh, the debt limit and being able to engage more spending, be able to engage more borrowing. The government has enough money to run through Thursday. So if they don't have the dollars... Uh, extended, right? Increasing the cap, increasing that but that ceiling. Well, you're going to have a government shutdown, and of course, it's going to be the normal standard back and forth of Republicans blaming Democrats and Democrats blaming Republicans. The problem is, is that when you have a party in charge, completely and totally in charge, as the Democratic Party is. It's kind of hard to blame Republicans for these kinds of issues. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there's going to be people really uh, crying regarding a government shutdown. We've been through government shutdowns before, and they don't move me at all. Not a single bit. But that is just one of the pieces right now. One of the things that's happening and going on. The other one is this infrastructure package. This infrastructure package, $3.5 trillion, as we've been talking about it, and I wish others had been talking about it more because this isn't something that's just in D.C. This is about you, me, and we, right where we live. In Indianapolis, in the heartland, in the Midwest, this is about us. Because a $3.5 trillion bill, that's not small money. That is massive, massive, massive amounts of spending. Dangerous amounts of spending. Money that we don't have. Part of the reason they need to raise 
up the the, the budget, the the amount of money uh, America can borrow, is because they need the money for this $3.5 trillion. Now, as we have been discussing, this $3.5 trillion doesn't actually engage infrastructure. That's one of the biggest problems, and that's been part of what we've all been talking about. I was on Fox News over the weekend, and I, it was me, and it was the, Mike Emanuel was, was the host, and a guy by the name of Kevin Walling, who's a Democratic strategist. I don't know what that is, Democratic operative. Nice enough dude, right? Nice enough dude. But I don't. I always get the feeling that he thinks that if he just hits a couple of these talking points, boom, bop, bip, that's all you have to do. The problem is we don't buy into the talking points. So here's how I was asked the question by Mike Emanuel. The border, and you're going to see more action from well, this administration Kevin in the coming Walling days and weeks at, for sure. At, at, at the it end. is a huge week on Capitol Hill. Some critical funding bills expected to be taken up, facing a government funding deadline in a matter of days, and of course the need to raise the debt limit soon. Uh, Tony, what is your assessment? Well, the if we're talking about the $3.5 trillion infrastructure package, which is an infrastructure, I'm so glad to see that it is slowly but surely uh, imploding. I'm very happy to see what Senator Sinema of Arizona and Senator Manchin of West Virginia, both Democrats, are doing on this subject and standing tough. I think the real story here is that Biden tried, and my beloved Indiana, they went on tour to try and sell this, this package and a host of others. America didn't buy. The Midwest didn't buy. The Heartland didn't buy. I don't even know if the coasts are buying this idea idea that human infrastructure is infrastructure. So this seems to be going along the line of a, just another swing and a miss from the administration that doesn't understand that America is not as radically left as they are. I think that's where we're at. That they tried to move this forward, this $3.5 trillion via budget reconciliation. So that would mean no Republican votes are necessary. It's a, it's a budget tool. And, and it happens very, very often. There are, it, it's not like I'm saying to get rid of reconciliation. But they were trying to say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll do something for infrastructure, and then we'll add Green New Deal components, and then we'll put curbs on cryptocurrency, and then we'll talk about child care, and we'll talk about health care. But those things aren't infrastructure. And then they tried to, to lie to us, or they did lie to us, by telling us it was human infrastructure. And of course, that's not a real thing. So today, I, I launched the first of what will hopefully be many, many uh, videos of something called the BOLO. Do you know what BOLO means there, Producer Ari? Is it buy one, lose one? It is not. But the effort, that's what I appreciate. It's be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for uh, a very specific changing of the conversation and that changing of the conversation is that oh 3.5 trillion dollars yeah we're 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 we were never really concerned with that you weren't really concerned with oh no 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 we weren't really concerned uh with that uh, of course it was it it, it wasn't going to be 3.5 trillion dollars and then you had speaker pelosi uh say that it's you know it's self-evident that it wasn't going to be that much money I know the budget committee. I know the budget committee passed a resolution calling for three point five trillion. But it sounds like you acknowledge that the final number is going to be somewhat smaller than that. Yeah, I mean that seems self-evident. That seems self-evident, and so it's it's not just um, we have some, uh, shall we say. 
bird bath privilege, the kinds of things. It's legislation. So the fact is, is that this is the excitement of it all. It's just in real time and uh, exploitation of a few people not in agreement being called a division in the Democratic Party. Everybody, overwhelmingly, and I think even those who want a smaller number, support the vision of the president. I don't believe that to be true. But two things got said here that are really important. Number one, it's self-evident that it'll be smaller. We were told it was the most important thing in the world. It was the most important thing in the world that this was $3.5 trillion. This is what we needed in order to move the country forward. We needed to have this very, very important spending. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah, it'll be less. Oh, and I know you're calling it infighting amongst the Democrats. You know, you know, it's a look, it's legislation. People will add things that aren't part of the bill. What are you going to do? This is the stuff that infuriates us. This is the part that America's like, what the hell, man? And she's like, yeah, that's legislating. I assume what she says is, I'm not sure. I, I Don't quote me on that. But listen to how she just throws that in like it's a standard thing. The thing that we, regardless of our party, the thing that we, sitting at the bar stool, are so wholly disgusted by, which is them just spending with impunity and throwing in these pork products. You know, it's it's the Christmas tree. Everybody hangs an ornament, really hangs an amendment, right? That's 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 the stuff that drives us back crap nuts. And she's like, whatever, whatever. And then she went a step too. Why in the world are you worried about this? Why are you thinking about the money on the three point five trillion? So, again, the Senate and the House, those who are not in full agreement with the president's right, let's see what our value, let's not talk about numbers let's, and dollars, let's talk about values. First, she told us that everybody was with the president's vision. Now, all of a sudden, people aren't with the president's vision? So, again, the Senate and the House, those who are not in full agreement with the president's right, let's see... So now we're not in, okay, as long as now we're not in agreement. This is the same interview, by the way, with George Stephanopoulos on ABC. Contradicted herself in the same interview. And then tells us not to Let's not talk about numbers and dollars. Let's talk about values. It's $3.5 trillion, and it's going to mean raising our taxes, and we want to be able to do the things that we value. So if you want to talk about value, Speaker Pelosi, we can, but you're going to lose that argument as well. So be on the lookout for this. And you can also uh, check out the video I did. That's, that's at Facebook. You can find that on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Be on the lookout for this complete and total insanity where they think that they can just change the whole conversation as if we didn't notice <laughs> we noticed now i would argue that you know if, if we take a look at at radio and television across the country we've been on this more than most because we understand how incredibly incredibly important this is and how incredibly dangerous this spending is i favor infrastructure spending 
for example, the infrastructure of the U.S. military. I want more ships at sea. I need more planes fixed. We need this desperately, especially as you see China trying to engage further power and control over Taiwan. You're going to need more military strength in the U.S. Navy. Why? It's not because you want to start a war with China. It's because shipping lanes will become the problem. There are 60 to 70 cargo ships there between Los Angeles and Long Beach, those ports, which together makes the ninth largest port in the world certainly the largest port in the United States. You have 60 to 70 cargo ships that can't get in to offload. Well, we already have supply chain issues. We already have supply issues. Costco is telling you you can't buy as much toilet paper, much this, as much that. We're seeing it everywhere. We're seeing it in every single place. What happens when China, through control of some of these other nations, which they do by force and aggressive force, and people will die when they start closing off other sea lanes to South Korea, a trading partner, to Japan, a trading partner, to Australia, a trading partner, to other places uh, in the region. You got to have a Navy. Some things you can't do by drone. You got to have men and women who are ready to fight to keep the enemy, which is the communist Chinese, at bay. And that affects your life if you're somebody in manufacturing or you're somebody who just wants to buy the basic goods for your family. And the spending is a huge part of this. So I believe in spending on infrastructure. I don't believe in spending on nonsense to, to satisfy Bernie Sanders or Ocasio-Cortez and their nonsense radical leftist green wish list. The fight continues. There will be a spending bill, unfortunately, and it will be way more than we, we should be spending. But so far, so good on the $3.5 trillion. Be on the lookout for Nancy Pelosi and the spin. I'm Tony Katz. So are the Colts really bad, or is it just the injuries? Yes. <laughs> I, I, that, that may very well be uh, the, the answer. And I got to admit, you know, I ended up, my, my oldest wanted to watch football. I haven't watched football in, in a year and a half, right? I just, they've made it difficult on me to watch because they want to engage wokeism as opposed to uh, playing football. And I don't mind if athletes have a point of view. I am not a believer in shut up and dribble. I am a believer in not being lectured to. I want to enjoy the game. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And I'm sorry, the uh, Lions-Ravens ending, 66-yard field goal. Who is that, from Tucker? Yeah, Justin Tucker is his crazy. name? It's the last three seconds of the game. The Ravens are down by one point. The Lions could finally get a win. The Lions fans are out of their head, like, oh my gosh, we're going to get a win here. And in the most perfectly Detroit Lions ending in the history of mankind, Justin Tucker lines up for a 66-yard field goal, which would be the longest field goal in NFL history. I mean, I don't care who you are, it's impressive. He kicks a shot. I mean, it's incredible. But it's, it's almost there. It's almost there, and it comes down and hits the crossbar, right? You know what, what the, that, that looks like, right? You got the two poles going up, 
and then you've got the crossbar going across. So you've got the post, you've got the crossbar at the bottom. It hits the crossbar, bounces up, and bounces over. That, kids, is good. That's three points. The Ravens beat the, uh, the, the, the Detroit Lions in the most perfect Lions ending ever. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't 16-17. Maybe it was. They, 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 they won by two. That's, that's all I can say. It was, inc- it was an incredible shot. Like, that's, that's a cool, cool story. You have, uh, you have Ari's Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers throwing a, a, a couple of darts to get him in a field goal range. They beat the San Francisco 49ers. It was clutch. It was clutch. There were a lot of good games. The Colts didn't play one, but other teams did. And you want, you want to enjoy it, man. You want to be like, that's really something else. By the way, does does Aaron Rodgers still hate the Packers? Uh, I think he hates some people. I think he hates management of the Packers, not the players or coaches. Yeah, okay. So, oh, so who is the new coach, by the way? I forget his name. Matt LaFleur. You're, you're happy with him? Yeah, he's had a great two years. Okay. I, just just checking. And, and huge huge win. And it's a division game. You know, No, that wasn't a division game. Sorry. Uh, it's good for them in the division, I was going to say. So there's there, there, there was stuff worth watching, and I'm watching it with my oldest, and... We had a ball. We had an absolutely fantastic time. You, look, many of you have, have like teenagers, right? You, you know it's sometimes difficult to, to find time. They're, they're busy with their lives. You're busy with your life. It's, it was great. Oh, fantastic. Loved it. And then, and then ate the short ribs. Ate the short ribs. Uh, marinated for 36 hours in apple cider vinegar and honey, a little bit of cayenne, a couple, couple other things, garlic, a couple other things in there. Uh, marinated for 36 hours, and then we do it in the oven. Uh, don't yell at me. We did uh, four and a half hours, four hours, four hours in the oven at 250. It was, it was perfect. It was just this massive, massive pile of short ribs, and because I was, I had nothing else to do. I, uh, I did a quick marinade of, of London broil in a cast iron skillet. You know I don't have a grill, and I can't find figure out what to buy, and I hate myself. Leave me alone. But I love cast iron. Literally did a thirty five minute, forty minute, sorry, forty minute marinade in in uh, in a pinot because it's what I had. I had a, I had an a pinot noir. I didn't even have a cabernet. I was like, all right, this will do. Stabbed it, let it you know. Poked it all around, let it soak, changed it after 20 minutes, 40, 45 minutes in there. Salt and pepper, cast iron, sensational. So it was this giant celebration of meat, and there was football. It's exactly what you would want. If only they would stop lecturing to us. I mean, say what you want in your in your life. Just, we enjoy the game. We would like to just enjoy more of the game. Please. This is Tony Katz today. Brian Stelter is a coward. Tell him I said so. Coward. Because a guy who does a show called Reliable Sources, as Brian Stelter does on CNN, and he's supposed to talk about what's happening in the media, he made no mention of Chris Cuomo of CNN being accused 
of sexual harassment. Why aren't you making, uh, uh, why are you bringing this up, Brian? If Chris Cuomo worked at Fox News, you'd be camped out in front of the Fox News building demanding answers. The story goes that Chris Cuomo sexually harassed a woman by the name of Shelley Ross, who was a colleague of his when he was at ABC, and was also not only a journalist, but a producer. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Go to Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Check out the videos. Check out everything uh, that we do there. And also, TonyKatz.com. Make sure you get the podcast. So Ross had written this essay in the New York Times that Cuomo had grabbed her butt at an event in 2005 when they were both working at ABC News. Now, Cuomo's got plenty of issues. Cuomo, Chris, was advising his brother, the former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, about how to deal with sexual harassment allegations, seemingly at the same time he was interviewing him about what a great job he had done in managing COVID, which he didn't do a great job in managing COVID. And there are a lot of people who were in nursing homes who are now dead because of Andrew Cuomo's policies. This can't be denied. The facts are clear as day. He wrote a book about leadership. He got an Emmy for guiding America through it. And the, the Emmy Awards took the Emmy back. Can I ask, just as an aside, what would anything else have to do with his work on TV and uh, providing good information? Are you now saying he didn't provide good information? What in the world... What in the world would his sexual harassment allegations have to do with his press conferences on COVID? This is for the Emmys to answer. I did this interview with Ari Spears, who's an an, an actor and a comic, an impressionist, and and, and I'm going to get the full interview out to everybody. And I had asked him to do, I can't wait to share this with you, his his top five comics of all time. He, he did it as the, the, the Titans and then just, you know, the greats. It was, it was pretty interesting. And one of the people on his list of, of, of Titans was Bill Cosby. And I said, you put Bill Cosby on a list, you're going to get yelled at for that. He goes, you can't deny the work, man. And I believe that to be true. It'd be like saying O.J. Simpson wasn't that running back. He was that running back. There's a difference, though. He murdered his wife and a friend, but he is that running back. What's the difference? Part of Bill Cosby's act was that he's this wholesome family man, and that's what made the comedy good. I don't know how you can separate now knowing what he is in real life. Like, that whole act is ruined. I think his act would be ruined now, but there's more to, but there's much more to his comedy than just what you think of the Cosby show. There's an entire history of Bill Cosby. I'm not defending his actions. And he makes the claim, by the way, that, yeah, I had sex with this woman, that woman, that woman, and that woman, but I didn't drug anybody. I did drugs with women, but I didn't proactively drug someone who didn't know it. That's his argument, by the way. I'll let others, (laughs) you know, argue the finer points of the thing. But that was Ari Spears' argument that you can't deny the work. Now let's take it to Andrew Cuomo. 
Why would the Emmys take away his Emmy for his work on COVID because there were claims of sexual harassment? Those two things shouldn't interfere with each other. This is the problem with wokeness. He never should have gotten the Emmy to begin with. It was the Emmy Awards as an institution protecting him and going after Trump and utilizing themselves as an institution to engage their political desires. That's what makes it so ugly. And that's why all of us said, oh, that's just gross. Giving Andrew Cuomo an Emmy? Ew, David. That is just disgusting. Especially because we know, and we knew, and we still know, that he had sent these people in nursing homes to their deaths. And there's Chris Cuomo advising him on the side while talking to him. And he was advising him at those times. That's a problem. So Chris Cuomo has a series of of issues. A series of problems. Now, he's being accused, the anchor there or the, the host at CNN, of sexual impropriety. How does Brian Stelter not talk about this story? How does he not talk about this story? And the answer is, is because Brian Stelter is a coward. Brian Stelter will oppose sexual harassment until it happens on his network. And then he's not so sure what he has to say. It's. It is obscene. And if Brian Stelter doesn't understand why people don't have faith in media and certainly don't look to him as having any value whatsoever, well, this should be a great example. Speaking of things that we don't trust and people we don't uh, have respect for, the vice president, Kamala Harris. Did you, you heard about The View, right? The View story is nuts. Let me take you through it. So Kamala Harris, she's the vice president of the United States. You've seen pictures. She was supposed to go on The View, right? Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar. And there's a fight between Bill Maher and, and Whoopi Goldberg now, right? Is, is, is that what I'm hearing? That, that Maher is taking uh, Whoopi Goldberg to task? Uh, most probably because she can't handle uh, facts and data. Oh, no, this one was about the Black National Anthem. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, another reason. Another reason people aren't watching football. I didn't hear any national anthems. There is a national anthem, an anthem for the nation. But before NFL games, they're singing Lift Every Voice and Sing, which I guess some people call the black national anthem. I thought Lift Every Voice and Sing was, was, was a gospel song. I, that's, what, that's what I thought it was. So Whoopi Goldberg is saying because we've gone backwards a good 10, 15 years, we have to re-educate people. Man, do I have serious issue with the idea of re-educating. That's... Anytime you talk about re-education, you get into the conversation of education camps and all those kinds of things, it gets super creepy, super ugly. The people who push the idea of re-education, that's... That's some violent stuff. And you'll remember after the election, there were plenty on the left who said, well, these Trump supporters need to be re-educated. That's, that is absolutely positively frightful. Anyway, back to the view. They're going to have the vice president Kamala Harris on, and then this happened. 
happening here that I'm not 100% aware of? Can someone please apprise me of the situation? I need uh, the two of you to step off for a second. Okay. Anna and and, uh, and, and we're going to bring Sonny you back later. Have to okay. leave. Yeah. Yes. And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll tell you why in a couple of minutes. So shall I introduce the vice president? Yes. Okay. So. So on live television, Sonny Hostin and Anna Navarro are told to leave the set. Because they had tested positive for COVID. They're both vaccinated. How in the world did this happen? You could be vaccinated and still get COVID? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yes. Of course you can. Pfizer's only 95% effective. That's like having 100 miles of border and only having 95 miles of fence. People who are vaccinated can still carry COVID and can still spread COVID. We know that. They can still have a viral load. This happens live on TV. Turns out those tests were false positives. False positive tests. Meanwhile, they've got everybody in masks, this, that, and the other. But they can't bring the vice president out. They can't put her on the set because COVID has been detected. Now, what should have happened? The vice president should have been taken out of the building and immediately escorted to whatever medical facility was necessary to give her the proper testing to ensure her safety and uh, the security of the nation. But that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Instead, they put her in a back room somewhere. So they got the Vice President Kamala Harris stuffed into a back room somewhere, and she joins the show. And on the show, she pushes the lie that a Border Patrol agent was whipping a Haitian man. I, I, I was outraged by it. I, it was horrible and, um, and, and deeply troubling. There's been now an investigation that is being conducted, which I fully support, and there needs to be consequence and accountability. Uh, they, human beings should not be treated that way, and as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history where that kind of behavior has been used against the indigenous people people of our country has been used against African-Americans during times of slavery. Nobody was whipped. It's a lie. And you should say so. No whip was used. It's a lie. And you should say so. Border Patrol agents did their job. And how dare the Biden administration remove horses from their tool set. And then, as Joe Biden said, we're going to find who did this and, and, and they will pay. They will pay. What in the world is is that? How dare you say that a Border Patrol agent who did nothing wrong will pay? That is obscene. Absolutely disgusting. I was on Fox News... And we were having this conversation, I was on over the weekend, this uh, conversation about the border came up, and I 
I tried to make clear the point. Mike, you know, I'm a, speaking as a Democrat. This is a crisis point at our border. I'm the first one to admit it. And, you know, on day one of the Biden administration's presidency, he uh, released a, a bill to Congress uh, to fully fund uh, our immigration services. We need to surge resources uh, to the border. Uh, That's the guy I was talking to. Kevin Walling is his name. Nice enough, dude. But you really want to make the conversation that that Biden is is putting money towards the border and therefore everything's okay? No, 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 no. That's not the issue. Said, I don't think anybody argues, Kevin, that we should want to fully fund the border. The issue is, is that we have a leadership that doesn't actually want a border, period. This is about will. If you're going to say a Border Patrol agent who did nothing wrong and nobody was whipped, you will pay. That's saying that you don't have any faith in Border Patrol. You're not backing up Border Patrol and you don't believe in the mission of Border Patrol. Our issue in America is that we don't have a leadership. We don't have a party that is in power that wants to go about controlling this. So this is more, Mike, than just about uh, this conversation of Haitian uh, migrants and they are not refugees. They are migrants. This is about the entire conversation of what we want from a border and do we believe in a border in and of itself. And this administration is clearly saying, no, we don't. They don't. That's the story. And that's why when they push this lie about a whip, just like John Harwood did on CNN, He actually said on CNN, Biden, quote, tried to strike a tone of solidarity with Americans who saw those horrendous videos of agents on horseback swinging lariat or whips or whatever they were in ways to intimidate Haitian migrants. He said he shared their outrage. The outrage is that we have a border that is porous and a president who does nothing about it. That's the outrage. But CNN wants to push the lie. The vice president wants to push the lie. We cannot allow that to happen. Push back on these people. They're wrong, and you should say so. I'm Tony Katz. So is making a London broil in Pinot Noir bougie? So I was discussing earlier uh, that it, it, it was a it was a weekend a Sunday of meat. Did the short ribs and they were all fantastic. And I found a deal on London Broil. I'm trying to teach my kids that as prices go up because they are going up. They're going up food. They're going up on, on, on everything. That there are lots of cuts of meat out there. You know, there are some that are the the real perfect cuts but there are things you can work with and do and you should know how and you should know how to prepare these things and the importance of a budget the importance of saying listen the fact that i can afford it it's at a price that doesn't make me feel comfortable i'm going to find something else to do so we had found this london broil on sale which is basically just what they call it uh and i i've made it many times but this time i, I was looking at some recipes and it was a very simple hey how about just marinating it in wine and cabernet Right, you, you take a fork and you poke it everywhere so everything can kind of get in there. And then you let it sit in the wine. You let it sit for 24 hours or, or, or at least 30 minutes. And then salt and pepper to taste, boom, on, on a cast iron skillet. I'm, I'm a crazy fan of cast iron. So I did that, but I didn't have any Cabernet. I had a, a, a Pinot Noir, an American Pinot Noir from Cedar Creek Wineries, which is in Martinsville in Indiana. That, that's what I used. 
And so I was telling that story and let it 40 minutes, 20 minutes on both sides. And then that's all I did. Salt and pepper, kosher salt, please. I am. I'm not a savage. And then cast iron. It was perfect. It was perfect. I did six minutes on each side. And it came out rare, and so sometimes, you know, when we have leftovers, you're going to reheat something so it doesn't get uh, too well done. That's the way I like like to do it. And and I was talking about it. We get to the break, and producer Ari says, you're so bougie. That's bougie? I had a bottle of wine. I used it. Bougie. I... Is there, is, look, there, there are definitely other ways to do it. I don't usually do anything in, in wine, but I just, you know, you want to help get a little more tenderizing out of that, break some things down a little bit. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Actually came out lovely. Not my normal way of doing things. And I, don't, I wouldn't do it with other things. I'm very much, you know, I'm, I'm in the letter Kenny world. S&P is for me. Yeah, let them eat cake, right? Well, no, no. Cake is later. And cake is delicious. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. By the way, there's a great... If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see a deal on some cake in Indiana. Go to that. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.